you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Hey there, handsome Hank. Do you ride a bike? Yes. How about a Bronco? Yes. How about a skateboard? Nope. Oh, okay. So you so you have some interest. Just it's not like you're not a man. all three. You're I not a jack ride. of all trades. No, you can't. You, not everyone can do everything. Can I tell you something? Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter what you're into. Wrangler jeans has something for you. Classic or modern styles, a range of fits, all price points, vintage re-releases. Wrangler has, like I've already said, something for everyone. Literally handsome, not figuratively. Mm -hmm. Visit Wrangler.com and check out their selection of jeans, shirts, and outerwear for men and for women, which, you know, is another way of saying everyone. Everyone. New styles, great fits. I said everyone handsome. Wrangler, real comfortable jeans. Real comfortable jeans. Now let's start the show. David. Football. Football, David. The Dave Damashek Football Program, available on Apple Podcasts and at NFL.com slash DDFP. Now here's your host, Dave Damashek. Quick note to MVP and Eddie Spaghetti behind the glass. The next two episodes, nay, the next three episodes, the usual theme song must be replaced by the footballiest time of the year by the one-man house band, Dick Banks. It's football time, everybody, and... The second podcast this week and the first podcast next week, a.k.a. the start of football season, pro football season at least, I will be issuing my annual final records for each of the 32 NFL teams, including the Pittsburgh Steelers, who I've gotten right six seasons in a row. And this year, I want a proper uh, parade, not some uh, last-second jive. There was, no, there was nothing last-second about that. We organized that 24 hours to, to get glass to throw on top of you. Glass. Well, Glass shards we you dumped to, on asked, a human. I asked for glass. They gave you very, very sharp confetti instead. It hurt, and it hurt me for, for several days afterwards. I was digging out pieces of the glass. We without, don't need to know. Well, I just want to say I found them in my unmentionables. Right. Anyhow, hi and hello and welcome to the Dave Damashek football program. I hope all's well wherever you are. Of course it is because, as I just mentioned, it's football season, everybody. Let's uh, kick things off here. We have much to get to here as the preseason is just about in the books. It essentially is for all relevant players come the games that matter in September. First, though. The, uh, you hear his voice there. He is our resident Miami Dolphins fan all the way from London, England. It's Handsome Hank. He's Handsome Hank. He's Handsome Hank. He's Handsome Hank. Hello, Handsome. How are you? Increasingly excited about the are football you? season. Yeah, yeah, I am. I am. I'm there. You've had a you've kind of kept uh, the the temperature nice and low. A little bit of heat under your dolphins. Well, yep. That sounds bad cooking a porpoise. No, let's I, not do that. I don't mean to do that. It is a porpoise though, right? I, I, I it's remember a mammal, the but 15, I don't never know years like, ago yeah, and I thought we resolved it now I don't yeah. remember where we came down. I don't, I don't think it matters ultimately. It doesn't matter. Let's just not cook them. Let's agree let's agree on that. Amen. 
Amen. Right. That's something. In, but right out of the gate, this show is uh, is an important one. You know. Yep. Because we don't just talk about the game. Let's of football. put that we down right below. No jive. Thank don't you. cook dolphins. We've barely seen you this off season. That's or this absolutely summertime. not true. I saw this you like summer. a week ago. I know, but it, it it hasn't been enough for me. Okay, well, no apologies coming if uh, if you expect an apology. Emma VP asked me. She sent me a very nice note, and I think the uh, last time I spoke with you, I, I I berated her a little bit for for being impolite in some of her requests. Mm. She wrote me. A, I think she's learned her lesson. She wrote me a very polite note and asked if I would be on the show every Thursday during the season. Manners matter, Emma VP. And muzzle tub to Emma VP and her pal Erica Tamposi. The broadcast podcast is now out there for your consumption. It is. Track it down wherever you find your favorite podcasts. And speaking of podcasts. I gave it 3.8 stars on, on Apple Podcasts. Did you? Well, that, yep. was, that was good. We'll <laughs> take it. Left a little bit of room for uh, them they, Hey, yeah, if, you get, if you go straight for five, what's the, what Where, else is there to yeah, do? Yeah, are they going to push themselves? Yeah, just no. Probably just, just pull the plug right there. We got it. We Tough did it. love from Handsome Hank. I yep. like it. I like where you come down. Now, speaking of 21st century media and the coverage of the great game of football, NFL, but also, you know, some colleges coming up, make sure you go to CBS and uh, one of the best uh, out there right now, one of our favorite fellas here. We kibitzed about him on the Around the NFL show last week. Everybody loves uh, to see what this guy has to say about football and beyond. It's our old pal via what, Skype or whatever? It's Will Brinson. What's the poop, fella? The pick six show daily. It's a daily show you do. Yeah. Thanks for uh, thanks for having me back as always, Dave. It, it, it wouldn't be football season. Like, you know, we have these benchmarks that you go mm-hmm. through. Um, and one of them annually now is ranking NFC South quarterbacks. Can't we can't start without it. That's what they do. Yeah. They say, right, has Dave, has Dave and Will, they, if they rank the, all right, we're good to go. Well, we of course, it's essential. Season. It's essential stuff to get in before the season starts, because in the two years we've done it, we failed miserably. So what we have to keep it going now. <laughs> it's good news for whoever we rate low now that right. get, that fan bases can uh, can officially start uh, the uh, getting the parade uh, accommodations ready to go. Hey, Will, before anything else, I was just thinking about this. Um, I have a Billy in my family. How did you settle on Will? Yeah, well, Bill, uh, Billy, Will, Willie, Willie, or you could go William, and you chose Will. Well, actually, I'm a Robert. A lot of people don't know that. I'm a, uh, mm. I'm a Robert Whoa. by trade of Robert Williams Brinson, but my dad was a Robert Aiken, or is a Robert Aiken Brinson. My dad is Bob Brinson, naturally, and uh, my parents in the 80s, Bob was sort of fading out of the you know, the, the, the common usage in America. Boy, they did slang. you a favor there. Yeah. If you were Bob yeah. Brinson, that would, uh, I don't know. I, that wouldn't be as good as, uh, as Will is. No, but, no, no, no. Bob would be a nightmare. I'd be, I'd be an accountant somewhere. And, that's and exactly like, right. I think the name people want to not attach a lot of gravity to it. But of course, if you name your child wrong, it can dictate where they wind up in life. I, I, the, the one I always go with, do you think Merlin Olson winds up a network TV star or a member of the fearsome foursome? If, if, if his parents aren't so optimistic in naming him after a fictional wizard, probably not. That probably set the bar high for him. And he realized I have to do something special with this life. Well, you know, we went, uh, my son is a junior and so is the same name, but we obviously couldn't name him. Will didn't want to name him Bob. That certainly hadn't flown back into uh, proper, you know, back mm-hmm. into, to, uh, it hasn't nickname. come back yet. No, not yet. Yeah, it, it will do. Probably will not, do. probably not for a while. Right. Uh, so we went with Robbie, which puts him a little bit on the edge of, does he need to go to Robert once he becomes an adult professional? Can he ride out Robbie? You know, for now, we're not worried about it since he's four. Maybe a problem in, in 20 or 30 years, but not my problem. 
Well, no, but I do think uh, it's, it's, it's something I like to keep track of in our society are the names that are weird for infants. And, of course, Cleveland Browns OC Todd Haley uh, in, a, in an earlier episode of Hard Knocks said something about a weird name. And, and by the way, first of all, that's my bit. And two, Todd Haley, Todd is a weird name for a baby, too. Carl isn't just a weird name. Oh, t- oh he's adorable. Look at this little. F- What's a Todd. Todd the baby. Todd is not good. Unattractive. It's and not by actually way, good for the adult. I was either. just going to say, there are certain names not. that are the double whammy. They're not right. good for anybody. Yeah. And Todd is... Todd is, should uh, be just phased out entirely. Yeah. I mean, if you're 57 years old, Carl then becomes a good name, at least. That's its redeeming quality, kind of. Kind of. I am quickly on Carl. Uh, my kids are about to go to a new school. Yesterday, I turned up for the, the, um, the kind of get to know the other parents and class and whatever. Sure. All the names are on a list, and my name inexplicably was down as Carl. And I had to, at the end of the whole thing, I was wearing a badge that said Carl. I was like, I'm definitely not Carl. <laughs> and I had to explain to the teachers, you can't that, even my say name it. isn't Carl. And they were like, they challenged me as if I was, what, you want to change your name? This isn't the place to do it. And I was like, no, my name just isn't Carl. It's on that <laughs> list as Carl. It's on the, my chest as Carl. And they were like, yeah, but I mean, so what do you want it to be? And I was like, I would like to use my actual name. Carl sounds like somebody Conan the Barbarian might take on in one of his movies. Carl, handsome. Carl. 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 What? Carl. That's a woman's name. You're Carol. saying Carl. You're saying Carl. You're saying Carol. Carl, the evil Carl will defeat you, Conan. And you're saying Carol will defeat you, Conan. I'm just trying to help you out, handsome, so you don't... Uh, Carl. Ca- not Carl. Carl. <laughs> Carol. Can we talk to Will Brinson, please? <laughs> Bobby Brinson. I, I- well, I will say, too, one other thing, and this is why the other reason we went with Robbie is that as, as for me as a young child in the first through like sixth grade range, when you're you know, when you're you first get to the class that year, they don't go, oh, where's our buddy Will? They're like, where's Robert Brinson? Right. And mm. you would then have to spend like what feels like 42 minutes explaining your actual name in front of the rest of the class of. Of, 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 you know, young kids who are looking for anything to make fun of. And so I, I wasn't a huge fan of the middle naming yeah. part of that aspect uh, as, but as a child. But when did you get it? Certainly. When did you get Will? Were you, were you ever Robbie, Rob, Robert? Uh, Will, Will out of the gate. Day one. Was, my parents claim jokingly, I think, and remember, you know, this is the early 80s. Who knows what was going on at the time right. of my birth? Uh, but they claimed they that were going to run with, Billy, <laughs> with Billy Bob. Uh, Billy Bob. Oh, oh my. That, you know what? That, that you could pull off. The That's paradox the of you being a Billy Bob with your more sort of, uh, I don't know, Southern preppy guy kind of vibe that you have there, <laughs> which I mean, which I, I, I mean, flat, uh, to flatter you. If you were, you know what the funny, if you actually were called Billy Bob right now, you would be wearing a headset, but you'd be an SEC coach. <laughs> Billy Bob Brinson is definitely coordinating the the or a pit crew for the number forty two. Yeah, come on, exactly. I'll get I'll get on in here after that lap now, son. Um, I'm, doing, I'm doing some sort of thing where I'm like I'm like the auctioneer at a at a hog auction or something. Yeah, like exactly, that. something like that. Speaking of things that you get at an auction, and then we will talk about pro football here with uh, with the great Will Brinson and handsome Hank. But we we are uh, fascinated by the stuff that you have behind you there. Why don't you have uh, of all your bobbles, all the sports bobbles? You have a couple of football helmets there, a ball, some cleats. Uh, you have a flag from a golf tournament. Where's your Shecky Award? Why isn't that? Uh, you know, why never, isn't that worth putting out? I won a Shecky. I think. I think I won a Shecky like two years ago. Maybe last year. I I check the mail every day, 
and each day I, I well, feel that doesn't sound uh, right. unrequited by the lack of... Who's to blame here? Emma VP, what gives? Why, why did you not send it? I think it must have got lost in the mail, Will. Emma okay. VP, is that true, or is this more jive? That's jive. Is that jive? <laughs> Eddie, you've been to, Eddie, you've been to Emma's house. What is there, a is there a shecky? Is there a shecky as the centerpiece of, of Emma's living room? There is that, a cardboard box that is scribbled in a sharpie. It says, do not open. And it, you know, if you shook it, it does sound like it would be a lot of shecky. A lot of inside. shecky. Yeah, yeah, Emma's hoarding them. herself. Yeah. It just sound, you can just hear this yeah. uh, miniature thing inside the boxes and bags. You just hear like, hello. Don't let me out of here, fella. I come out Hey, and what are you doing? <laughs> I already you did it. That, you I mean, can't like, make fun of me I when know, I make but fun you of myself. Got that before I did. I know. I beat you to it. There, you can't make fun of somebody who's already making fun of himself. But it's better if I make fun of you. We should Hello. just agree that as well. Don't Come. cook dolphins. Let me make fun of you. Don't make fun of yourself. It's, what it's was that, uh, Billy Bob? <laughs> I know. I mean, you know, look, Emma VP has been busy building a, a multi-platform media empire. Uh, I, I, I'm excited to check out the podcast. I. I I've got a lot to run through, um, and I'm not sure is it is it cool for dudes to to listen to? Like Absolutely. it's not just for bros. It is, right? yeah, broads and bros alike. Oh, okay, cool. All right, cool. Then you should <laughs> listen to it, Billy Bob, but not before you listen to a couple of fellas named Dave. Dave's of Thunder is the one you want to track down. By the way, thanks to the show for a shout out. <laughs> Coley and uh, Coley and Tyler, our pals from Mixtape, uh, gave us an extended shout out for uh, for that show. We appreciate that. But yes, I think you should get to the broadcast right after Dave's of Thunder. Right, Emma VP? Yeah, it's like happy. Like days and then Laverne and Shirley. That's how you want to watch it. Okay. Don't you think? Yeah. I mean, you could go right to the broadcast also and you, then Dave's at Thunder. I mean, free country. Yeah. That's what I did. Cool. Thanks, Hanson. You guys can tell that you're in LA because everybody's got this a like, side project. Yeah, like, everybody has a side project. Yeah. It's embarrassing if you, at this point, if you don't have uh, four <laughs> podcasts going with your name attached to them. Eddie and I, uh, the thick cost is coming very soon. Coming very soon, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm looking forward, to, <laughs> looking forward to that. Regarding the bobbles, though, behind you as well, you have a PGA Championship, 87th PGA Championship, and it appears to be signed. Who put uh, the ink on that? Uh, it's Phil Mickelson, lefty's first uh, major that he won. This is not the actual 18th flag. I think it is a practice flag that he signed or from his, one of his practice rounds before he won the tournament. Of course, uh, lefty famously gives the 18th pin flag to, of, of every tournament he wins to, I think, his dad um, and uh, and not to me. <laughs> so, right. That's But that is, uh, that is the, from Baltusrol, the PGA Championship. How cool. That's nice. Is that your most treasured uh, sports item? Ooh, that's a good question. Dave. Handsome, what's uh, yours? Um, I've, got a, I've got a jersey that Dan Marino signed for me back in like 1988 that's when I was great. an 11-year-old boy. So sure. that's probably, that's a good one that I have knocking around. And your beloved aqua. Yeah, it was in the, 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 the real aqua uh-huh. before I- the dolphin got fat. And, took and his helmet cartoonish. off, became unsafe, and then exactly, you know? and then and then started flaunting non-safety. I mean, that's just not wise to go no. out on the field like that. No helmet. I mean, that's, you're just asking for it, exactly. there, uh, porpoise. Uh, Billy Bob, is it is it the in fact the signed uh, flag there from Baltus Raw? You know, I, I think it might be. I also have a uh, a signed baseball from Goose Gossage Ooh. that I got uh, for my first ever trip to Camden Yards as a as a young boy, and this is in the uh, the 80s prime, pure, pure, unadulterated steroid rampage across baseball. <laughs> Bash Brothers were in full swing, and it was the uh, it was the it was the Orioles and the A's 
And I was actually rebuffed by one Mark McGuire for an autograph after the game as a 10-year-old started balling and then saved by, uh, maybe it was seven or eight, I don't remember how old I was. But I was young, I started crying when Mark McGuire uh, shot me down so he didn't have time for me. And then Goose Gossage saved my day by signing a uh, baseball. And now you realize that he's just a crazy old man and that piece of paraphernalia is not worth that much. Well, I don't care for that story about Mark McGuire. Further exposing some of uh, his secrets that he doesn't want the world to find out about. Because you asked, I'll go with uh, my... um, I have a uh, uh, jersey, a Pittsburgh Steelers jersey that took the shoulder numbers and put them all on the back. Four different numbers, Mm. 72, 75, 68, 63. They are Fats Holmes, Elsie Greenwood, Dwight White, and Mean Joe Green. Three of those men have departed us now, so no one can ever get this again. They all signed their jersey number. It's the original Steel Curtain. Actually, wait, I've got a – I know what my favorite one is. Sorry, I forgot. It's at my parents' house. I don't have it here. 1992. I was a, I was a Duke fan growing up. Pretty insufferable, I know. But uh, 1992 national championship team, Duke with Leitner, Hurley, Grant Hill, whole shebang, uh, signed 92 Duke basketball, which is uh, pretty good. I hate that because I was an Indiana Hoosier at the time and Cal Bertani and company should have beaten them in the final four. But the refs were awful that day and they fouled out pretty much uh, the whole team that night or else the Hoosiers would have danced on the floor once again. And Coach Knight would have gotten one more before he uh, before he <laughs> before he was dismissed. Who knows? Maybe he wouldn't have been dismissed if he won that title. Anywho, Lloyd, what do you think? Should we get into some pro football now? How do you feel about it, Billy Bob and everybody else? We can do a little college football as well. I know that's another of your passions there, Brinson. Of course. I uh, can't wait to pick Ryan Finley to win the, the Heisman Award on this very show. Ooh, I also <laughs> want to talk a little bit of Bradley Chubb here. As a matter of fact, let's uh, jump in on that because you and I park our cars in the same garage. I may have, uh, we, you and I may have actually discussed this when uh, when I was on uh, Pick 6 a little while ago. Um, and Handsome, obviously, weigh in as well. I continue to say, and I think this is something to track, not just early in 2018, but I think for the next half uh, half uh, decade or so. I find it strange that the Browns, who a lot of people are very excited about, saw fit to give Greg Williams, who you know, whose primary trait apparently is that he likes to swear, and this is supposed to be delightful for everybody that he's a, mm-hmm. a potty mouth. But he also, uh, from the people inside the building, apparently he really convinced everybody that Denzel Ward was something he needed for his scheme. Is this the way to draft? How many examples do we need from the successful NFL teams? That, that, I mean, I know that there's some variation in this based on need, but for the most part, take best player available. You need everything, Cleveland Browns. Right. You don't there need isn't... you don't need a smallish. I mean, the guy is built like Billy Bob Brinson, basically. I remember you and I being in uh, at the draft in Dallas and being on the uh, up at the top level, and he strolled in to uh, to be interviewed by you after he was drafted, and I would not. If he'd walked in, I was like, oh, look, the runner has come through to give you some message. Precisely. And in the meantime, uh, Brinson's guy, Bradley Chubb, a.k.a. the best defender with the possible exception, in my opinion, of uh, of Darwin James, but still of Derwin James, I, you know, Chubb is sitting there. He is going to be right. one of the great pass rushers in year one, I suspect. How say you, Brinson? Well, I, I couldn't agree. Uh, Hank is right. Spot on. I mean, I interviewed. Denzel Ward, like, uh, I don't know, two mo- two or three months ago at, at Dallas for this Nike, the opening thing. And he walked in and like, he's not just, he's not even built like me. Like I'm thicker and I'm not, mm-hmm. a, I'm not a big guy or an in shape guy. And I'm, I'm sure he can be good, but everything about him looks very 
I don't want to say frail. 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 He does? Like he, he's like has like tiny wrists. You he's going to be great. It's going to be a dynamite matchup, him versus uh, John Ross. But uh, <laughs> exactly. right. seems very particular need that you does that it, you went with. Doesn't seem like the guy you want matching up man a man versus AJ Green. But that's just me. Um, and with Bradley Chubb, the thing about Chubb that you love, not just is he a great pass rusher, but if you ask anybody that's ever played with him, he like loves. I, I talked to his. Uh, Dave Doran, his old coach, he is passionate about stopping the run. That's a perfectly Cleveland Browns type of thing. A blue collar dude who gets in there and grinds. He played against uh, your your beloved Pitt Panthers, Dave. And I don't know if you watched that game, but he bent his finger back in, in a in a grotesque fashion and just kept right on grinding. It was crazy, yes. And, yeah, and then you put him up against Miles with Miles Garrett. You can't double team both of those guys. And so you're going to have a guy free rushing. And instead, they listen to Greg Williams and got a cornerback. Look, he might be very good. We might be wrong. But I am extremely confident that the floor for Bradley Chubb is two or three Pro Bowls across the course of his career. And that's a pretty good floor to have. And if you put him next to Garrett, you're not stopping that defense. If you come away with two great pass rushers and a great quarterback in two consecutive drafts, you're doing pretty good. I mean, imagine, you know, first of all, there's so many reasons it should have been Chubb there. Um, it, it was, you know, just viscerally, the eyeball test told you Bradley Chubb is going to be dynamite and this should carry over from the ACC into the NFL. But also to the point that you just make about Garrett and Chubb there. How did the Eagles get it done? It wasn't the Nick Foles magic right. hour. It was the it was the pass. Well, rush. the good news is that that is going to happen. It's just substitute Miles Garrett for Von. I mean, we're going to get to see what it's That's like exactly to have one right. guy who's unblockable on one side and then add the other guy. It's just that the Browns don't get to take another team in orange. Yes. Which makes more sense for the Broncos. Less so for the team named Browns that they wear so much orange. But <laughs> I think we've covered that. Before. I think we have. have I brought that up before. Hmm. I think it's think. weird. Yeah. I still think it's very strange. It is strange. You're right. All right. But anyhow. So. Uh, so, yes. Yeah, so we agree on that. We'll see how that plays out. What do you think about uh, what's your review? We still haven't seen all the hard knocks. How do you think uh, that uh, that coaching staff looks? I feel like it is not. Um, it's funny to kind of laugh about Hugh Jackson with Todd Haley and Greg Williams and their interactions. But I actually think in the 21st century that the the media is consuming it. All the fans are. And I, I assume ownership is as well. And at some point, it kind of like, oh, it's revealing that these guys feel collectively out of their depth. And I think it could. I actually think it could cost them their jobs if they get off to a bad start. I mean, the the look in that season in the, in the first episode that Todd Haley gives Hugh Jackson, he's like, no, we're going to give we're going to rest everybody. We're going to rest him. He, I mean, he, the only way you can describe is he looks at Hugh Jackson and he says without saying anything, I will have your job by week seven. That's I mean, like, exactly that's, right. That's it. That's like what's coming through and his this eyes. Will, exactly. Like, and this will be the moment that will get replayed <laughs> when, I'm, when I'm appointed interim head coach. This will be the moment that will be replayed. I mean, it's extraordinary. Also, yeah. the, other, the other part of it, the other thing that I read into Todd Haley's look was Hugh Jackson's like, hey, when you're, when you're in charge, you do it your way. This is what works for us. Hey, I, you, you felt Todd Haley wanting to say, hey, Hugh, works for you? Yeah. You're 131, man. What do you mean works work for you? We should do whatever you've done and that we should study what you've done the last two years and then do the exact opposite of that. Chicken you know? salad on a whole wheat, right? Like, like, <laughs> not tuna on toast, chicken salad on rye or whatever whatever it is that uh, Costanza orders. You do the total. <laughs> I agree. And, like, the, the other thing that Hugh Jackson keeps doing that really bothers <laughs> That's me. That's a great, that is a great uh, analogy. Yeah, just, uh, yeah, use the Costanza rule. That the he opposite. Used for that. <laughs> yeah. Um, he, but Hugh Jackson keeps coming up to Baker Mayfield. He's like, 
And he like sidles up to him. He's like, Hey man. So like, everything's going pretty good, right? Like going pretty good. And Baker's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever, man. Yeah. And, and, and then he was like, all right, all right. Just, uh, you know, keep doing what you're doing. Yeah. Sounds good. All right. Like, all right, you good for you. Up. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. that, but the thing good, is like, okay. is everything good? Well, yes, uh, up to a point, but I'm not the starter of the team and you've made that clear right. from day one. So it's only going to be this good. And unless you've got news for me and he's like, okay, okay. Off you go. The QB whisperer, Hugh Jackson, he's a he's one of many guys coaching in the NFL right now that have been kissed into the the genius slash whisperer right. category. By the way, that makes me think of this. Uh, what do you guys think? I'll start with whoever has their answer if you need me to throw mine out. What do you think? What narrative that has filled too much of this offseason? that what will be rendered moot very early on in the season mm. and we'll never talk about it again the rest of the season. This thing that got so much attention, it could be the quarterback situation. I mean, a lot of them are going to be quarterback situations or Aaron Donald or Le'Veon Bell or any number of other things. Do you have one that jumps to mind? <laughs> Were you looking for me? I'll, I'll, I'll give you one. You, I'll yeah. start you off. I'll start you yeah. off. Here's mine. Ben Roethlisberger is a bad guy because uh, because he bristled for a second about Mason Rudolph getting drafted. That was such a I, I feel like that's already a non. I think that's already a non story. Uh, well, fine. But that was a big deal for about for about a week. People got bent out of shape. How dare he uh, not like having his successor now personified by somebody that's walking into the locker room. Meantime, Tom Brady, within the past uh, 12 months, went to ownership and said, I don't want this kid, but he's the future of the franchise. I know, but I don't like him behind me. It puts weird pressure on me. Can we get rid of Jimmy Garoppolo? Okay, Tom, whatever you want. Who's done more damage to his franchise's short-term and medium-range uh, future? Brady or Roethlisberger? Because he didn't love seeing Mason Rudolph get drafted there. That was a good, that's a good one, right? That's now, a good one. Now you get the spirit of it. If you guys want to help out behind I've got, the glass, I think I've got jump one. on in. Go it's ahead. It's an extension of the conversation we were just having, but the Cleveland Browns are going to be good. I think, <laughs> I, think, I think three or four weeks into the season, we're going to be very clear that that's not going to be the case. I, and I think it's fantastic. Look, I think it's great that the Browns have got some attention. I think it's from a hard knock standpoint, it's putting the Hughes stuff aside. I think it's just cool to see that team. But the idea that all of a sudden they've turned it around and this is, you know, I've seen places where it's like, oh, this is probably a playoff team. It's like, guys, that is we're, so we're, su we're such a long way away from that. If they get to five wins, they should be That's slapping each other on the back little and spoiler saying, alert. we achieved it. When we do, when I issue the uh, the records for all 32 teams, I, I, I'm pretty much with what you just said there. I, I was almost surprised. I got them at like four or five wins right, right now, the, the Browns. Anyhow, uh, Brinson, how say you? Well, they have a tough schedule, too. So you right, exactly. And like, there's a possibility that Hugh Jackson is fired by the Browns. If yep. he starts out one and three, having never won a football game with the Browns on a Sunday, because that Jets <laughs> game at home is on a Thursday. That would be truly one of the more remarkable things. Uh, <laughs> That's a good one to look out for. That's great. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they just never wins a game on a Sunday. You know, they only play on Sundays. <laughs> <laughs> Got the Chargers on Christmas Eve and the Jets on a Thursday. Good job by you, Hugh. Um, I, I'll actually go to the Patriots because I think that very quickly, all this drama about the trainer and all the all the drama about Brady and Belichick and, and all the concerns about the wide receivers are going to be rendered moot for the very reason that they're rendered moot every year. Tom Brady's an incredible quarterback and Bill Belichick's an incredible coach. And I think that defense is actually going to be pretty good. Um, and, and they play in a division full of no offense, Hank. Um, no, I, you, the the not, word not, is not, the word yeah. is the right one. Mediocre. 
Yes. Okay. Maybe what do you make of um, what do you make of their offensive line? That seems to me that that could be, especially with uh, Tom's advancing age, that could be a little bit of an issue. Well, I actually think I was thinking about this yesterday when they gave Shaq Mason that big contract, and they went out. You know, they they brought in Shaq Mason. It's interesting because they brought him from Georgia Tech's option offense, which is not an easy way to to like identifying a prospect, an offensive line prospect from an off an option offense. It's pretty tough to do. So credit them for that. They also got Joe Tooney from the the wonderful NC State University, who was drafted in the same round as Jacoby Brissett back uh, a few years ago. And so they've actually done a good job of creating interior protection for Tom Brady, which has made it a little bit harder for people to get him off his spot, I think, because he throws the ball so quickly that you almost have to have that interior pressure to really mess with Brady. That's exactly right. That's how you get to him. That, people always say, oh, got to rush him with just four and be able to get away with doing that. It's it's more specific even than that. You're exactly right. It's inside you, you, pressure that gets the Brady. Brady. You need Aaron Donald coming up right. the middle and spearing through in order to get Brady and make him move. And then he can't get his rhythm down. But now that they've got these two guards, there kind of locked in. I think that offensive line will be fine. Um, you know, they just need tackles who can hold up. And if, if you look at it's not like they're dealing with a bunch of pass rushing forces in that division either. The reason I bring up these, this narrative stuff is I say it every year. It makes me a bad company guy. But the month of August is four weeks worth of lies for your eyes. If you, I mean, it, it, I see people all around us every year, handsome, including the last couple of days around here at the NFL. Everybody can't help themselves and they get seduced by what they see or in don't these preseason see. Or games. Don't see. And I think it's more that. And the biggest one, all of a sudden, who's the biggest one? Who's the number one? John Ross. Whoa, he caught a long touchdown pass and then made a fun uh, video game style move on a couple of guys to get into the end zone. Well, I got to draft him for my fantasy team. He's going to be a break, breakout star. Never mind the fact that he that he's the same size as Denzel Ward, as we already right. said. What do we make of uh, of these sorts of stories? Do you buy John Ross specifically? Is there anybody who you as I'll put it more universally? Is there anything that you've seen in the last few weeks that has changed your opinion positively or negatively on an individual? Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell on myself on a bad one from last year because. Uh, I was all aboard Todd Gurley as a bounce back candidate. We did a, a, like a June draft for CBS that went in a magazine that they put out on newsstands. And I, I, I drafted Gurley and got you know queried about it. And I wrote a blurb saying he was going to bounce back. And then by the time I did my main league draft, I had talked myself into via the magic of the preseason and hype into drafting Jay Ajayi over Todd Gurley. Consequently, I lost that league. Uh, John Ross specifically, I buy into a little bit, though. Um, and Mike Williams, who, who sort of popped up with the Chargers. Now, that because, I do buy. Mike Williams. Mainly because, mainly because of the roles that they carve out and, and the, the roles that they fit into those specific teams. Like, the Bengals got rid of Brandon LaFell, right? And John Ross can be a number two who complements uh, what A.J. Green and Tyler Eifert do well. The, the Bengals have had pass protection. I think Mike Williams fits into the Chargers as sort of the replacement for Hunter Henry. Uh, so, so I tend to buy those a little bit, specifically to one that the, the, Chris Godwin is a little out of control. I'm still, I'm still buying in on it. It'll probably burn me at some point. Um, Keelan Cole also, also severely, mm -hmm. potentially severely overhyped. Um, and uh, I'm trying to think. Maybe uh, is Derrick Henry overhyped? Deshaun Watson might be too hyped. Deshaun Watson. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, and uh, uh, Derrick Henry is getting a ton of buzz. I don't know what to make of that. I can't. Every time I, I drafted Derrick Henry last year, expecting mm -hmm. that, like, by the time we got to week two or week three, he would take over, and he, and he just didn't. And and I would always sit him on the weeks that he did something. 
um, he was frustrating. I think the one for me this time is, and you do look at those crowded backfield or where there's like real competition for a receiver spot. The Broncos running back one, Royce Freeman, mm-hmm. looks like a fun player to watch. Like I like I like to get behind one rookie running back that you just kind of you know you look forward to seeing. Uh, and, and he's he's looked great in the preseason. Interesting. Uh, now let's talk about um, uh, Jenga pieces. I've uh, Jenga Odell pieces. Beckham, Odell Beckham has now signed. Everybody in the world knows about this. Sixty-five million dollars guaranteed. Ninety-five, 95. overall. Right. He'll never okay. get yeah, to yeah. ninety-five. Uh, uh, has anyone ever in the history of football collected the full amount of uh, those gargantuan contracts? Every penny from it. It seems like what uh, every guy you talk to, every guy you talk to says the only thing that matters is the guaranteed, guaranteed loot. I don't care what it is, how it's distributed over the years. Just give me as much upfront guaranteed loot as you can, and we'll go from there. Um, He's got a shot at it though. But is Odell Beckham? I think I can declare him the most valuable of all Jenga pieces in the NFL based on what we saw last year. Quarterbacks not included. Will Brinson. That's a good, it's a very good claim, Shaq. I will say that I think in a very bizarre way, the addition of Saquon Barkley could potentially negate Odell's Jenga Mm. factor Mm. a, a little bit. Just, I mean, I think that offense will still run. And the addition of Pat Shermer, underrated, because Ben McAdoo's whole offense for two years was just, run Odell on a slant and, and ho- like 17 <laughs> times and hope that he breaks one. And long. he would break one almost yeah, in, and in he would do every right. time. But it was like, okay, we know what's coming. Yeah. Um, you know, I think, I think there's an interesting situation developing in Carolina that you could make the case that Christian McCaffrey could be the Panthers Jenga piece, non quarterbacks, of course, mm-hmm. because of how much they're going to feature him. And he's also a preseason hype guy or a hype bunny as, as, uh, as Mark Sessler, I believe would, would hmm. use the, the turn of phrase. But um, when you look at what, what they're doing with McCaffrey, he and DJ Moore, and it's interesting because people have blasted North Turner. They're like, Oh, North can't create this offense within the modern NFL. He's going to try and run this old offense, except he's doing it. He's having cam make short, quick throws to playmakers who get in space and then rip off big yards after catch and yards after carry. I, I don't know how that Panthers offense looks, though, if you take out Christian McCaffrey and it's C.J. Anderson in the backfield behind a bad offensive line and Cam Newton throwing to Devin Funchess, Greg Olson and uh, D.J. Moore. I think How's Curtis McCaffrey- Samuel look because you've got uh, you've got your eye on that Panthers team. I, he's another guy who what there were yeah. some things. Expe- he was sort of like the one a to Christian McCaffrey that people weren't paying as much attention to got hurt early and uh, obviously never did anything. If, if he can also be a factor in that offense, I think uh, it, it is in, in, at least interesting pieces around one now. It would, it would actually be the total flip of an offseason narrative because North, North Turner came out and was like, we can make Cam a 60% pass. And everybody's like, stop it, North. Stop it. You're, you're just lying to yourself. You're mm-hmm. lying to everyone. You're lying to management. You're lying to your bosses, your <laughs> wife, everybody. Uh, your, your, three, your seven sons are on the coaching staff. You're lying to everyone, North. Uh, but, but he actually might have a point here. He might be able to do it by using Curtis Samuel, DJ Moore, um, I think Greg Olson, of course, will be used, but, but these small, quick twitch weapons near the line sure. of scrimmage, I think it will use them to, to bump up that completion percentage. Uh, by the way, here's another Jenga piece, two that are a little uh, offbeat. Andrew Whitworth, if he were lost to the Rams, I don't know what would happen to them. Right. I know that he wasn't the one addition. That it got a little simplistic that, look, he's, he's made the Rams good. He and Sean McVay, I know there's more to it than that, but nevertheless, if he goes down, that uh, offense could be in some trouble. Another one, and you said him a minute ago, what about Ajayi? I think the Eagles almost inevitably are going to be good again this year, even if it is 
falls for a couple of weeks. I think that they seem pretty loaded uh, across the board, except if Ajayi can't go, if he gets hurt, then what are they going to go with exactly there? Wendell Smallwood, I, I like. Think I, like Wend- I think they like yeah. as well. They've got a, a bit of a stable there, but I wouldn't disagree. I think Ajayi is pretty critical for, for them to, to do what they need to they do. Have, they don't have a banger behind Ajayi, though. Well, now Alshon Jeffrey is going to miss, I yeah. think, uh, reported uh, two weeks to start the season. I mean, you could throw Lane Johnson in there, too, if you're looking at the yeah. Eagles. because. When you look at Carson Wentz's rookie year, he played really well. Lane Johnson then gets suspended, and he goes just completely into into the tank without that protection on the right side. Um, Cordy Glenn is kind of a sneaky name to throw out there for the Bengals. I mean, when Andy Dalton didn't have protection last year, they were a disaster. Maybe I mean I I, just, I could I could see the Bengals falling apart. I, I don't I, I think that Doug Peterson's offense can utilize enough running backs like Corey Clement, Smallwood, Darren Sproles, the ageless Darren Sproles is back where they can get done what they need to get done without a Jai. But I think it's underrated the loss of LeGarrette Blunt and how much he serves as sort of serves as a power back for them. So yeah, if a Jai goes away, I think it would be a problem. That leads me I, to my next subject, but quickly, I just want to say behind the glass, I want to check in Emma VP and Eddie spaghetti. How's this going? I feel like we're I, getting very football I have a very good uh, Jenga piece that we we'll, missed. We'll, we'll be the judge of that, Eddie, but carry on. Go ahead, Spaghetti. <laughs> Ezekiel Elliott. That's a good one. Yeah, that's very pretty good. good. Yeah, that's pretty good. I'm, that's I'm, very strong. I'm, I'm loving this conversation. But Tyron Smith, even more of a Jenga uh, yeah. piece. I, I don't know. I think there's no – Dak by himself. Well, I but mean, two things go away when you take Tyron Smith out of the equation. Now Dak's in trouble as well, as we saw when, uh, I, when he sat down. I don't think – I mean, your original – most important Jenga piece was was Gronk, and I would say if you get healthy Gronk this year, with the with the receivers not being as good as you'd expect in New England outside of him, I'd say he's even more of a Jenga piece. But for when that the team. quarterbacks are when the quarterbacks suddenly overnight turn bad, it's because they're old and their old bones can't take the beating anymore. If you're getting shots at Brady early. I there's a chance that the assumption that obviously that Brady's just endlessly going to be the best quarterback I, in the I mean, league and hinging come everything to an end. on that. It's going to come to an end. But I'm not. But we've all said like I we've know, all gone into too many seasons. All right, when's it going to be though? He's in his 40s now. I don't know. But without Gronk, he's not going to look as good. And if you know, we know that Gronk, you know, probably could go away at some point during the season. Um, all right, let's go around the wheel here real quick. Let's. Uh, what'd you say there, uh, Bobby? I was going to say David Johnson, I think, is a guy that merits consideration mm, for the, the Jenga piece. That's a good one. By the they, way, I, I mean, keep saying it. That's why they should be starting Josh Rosen. Uh, that, you, you, you hear that, uh, that uh, it's almost a cliche that, hey, the guy, you want the guy who's got pieces around him so he isn't expected to carry the whole offense. Isn't that what Josh Rosen has in Arizona right now? Why go with uh, Sammy Sleeves when you have uh, the, the uber-talented Josh Rosen ready to go there? You, you draft, it's as though these GMs and coaches don't realize that they're in the free agency era. They're such old-school, curmudgeonly football guys that they ignore the fact. Like, when people do that bit of, uh, hey, it takes takes a couple years to get up to speed in this defense, well, that's not – you're not doing it right then. You can't do it that way because now he's only two years from free agency. (laughs) What are you doing, coach? Um, Anyway, all right, let's go around the wheel here. I want a real sleeper from you. Handsome, Billy Bob, Spaghetti, anybody? MOV, a sleeper team or player? What do you like? I don't for? want Jive though. I did this last week with McGinnis oh, and you're James only gonna, Jones. Only going to get Jive from McGinnis. 
Oh, look at Mr. He's not Courageous. Here. He's not here. Who's love so He's not listening. You're the best, Willie. Willie, if you're Whatever listening, I didn't Whatever you say that. comes out of your mouth and somehow is forged in solid gold. <laughs> I wouldn't want to say anything bad to Willie McGinnis's face either. I'll That's say something bad to his face. but He, he jived you. Well, no, no, actually, he said the Niners, and that doesn't really count as an under-the-radar sleeper no. team. People are okay. talking about that. Team. I get that. I now I get the picture, but you want a team, not a player. Cole Wright said the Tennessee Titans, who were a playoff team last year. That's not a sleeper That's not team. A sleeper. <laughs> well, I think you have to, I think you have to qualify it, right? Like, are we saying because I think you could say the Cardinals are a sleeper team to make the playoffs. I'm not saying that. I'm okay, saying, right. If you said that, that would qualify. If I was like the Titans are a Super Bowl sleeper. Mm, there you go. Okay. Ball. Little nuance. I'm down for that noise. Go ahead, Billy Bob. Who's yours? And I'll I've said it ad nauseum, so I'll just throw it out again. The Detroit oh, Lions. I'm, Oh, no, I've got one if you want me to go. I want it. I just wanted to get mine out of the way. Detroit Lions. Okay. Now go. Uh, you're not going to like it, Dave. My, my sleeper is It's the, the Ravens. I know the- it. I knew. You know who else said that? Daniel Jeremiah. And I don't I disagree. I said, I, it, I said it to Greg Rosenthal, too. He's another one who's in on the bald birdies. And he said, I'm just saying that to get under Damashek's skin. I don't know. 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 I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. I've got one that'll get under your skin as well. The Baltimore Ravens. Everybody's so excited about them. Here's the thing that I'll say. Jimmy Smith is is... Not a small loss, and four weeks is four weeks. That's a, that's a, um, not a, a small chunk. And uh, I, the, the the thing that looms, and maybe it'll be a positive, is if Joe Flacco has a couple bad weeks in a row, maybe they'll pull the trigger and go with Lamar Jackson, and he'll soar immediately, and it'll be a great story like Deshaun Watson uh, last year. But I also think that that can get sideways. If Flacco plays badly and feels some pressure and they have to put the rookie in or they feel obliged to put the rookie in, that could ruin the whole season too, you know? Well, you got to you got to remember with Deshaun Watson last year. And look, I love Deshaun Watson. I love Lamar Jackson. I watched them both play a lot of college football uh, as an ACC Atlantic Division guy. They're not the same. They're not remotely the same guy. I mean, I think Lamar Jackson is a special athlete. Oh, I agree. Deshaun, I'm just saying that, you know, no, no, no. have Deshaun that same Watson effect. Deshaun Watson is a gamer. Like Deshaun Watson almost beat Nick Saban's defense in the in a national title game back to back years. And the other thing too, and I'm not knocking the Ravens coaching staff here, I don't think that they're gonna have the ability to do what Bill O'Brien did uh mid-stride, which is totally reinvent the offense, build it around Deshaun Watson's strengths without putting him at risk. I think if you do that with Lamar Jackson and you try to make him run, you put him at risk. And and, and Watson, of course, ended up tearing his ACL anyway. Uh with the Ravens, though, I just think this is a team with an underrated defense, an underrated running back, an underrated offensive line, a ticked off Joe Flacco, who is every time his back is up against the wall, blacks out and turns into Joe Montana. And you also have the best group of pass catchers he's probably had in five years. No offense to Steve Smith. I mean, I think just think as a whole, that group is better with, with Smokey John Brown, Michael Crabtree, Dagger losing Hayden Hurst for any amount of time. But even with the loss of Jimmy Smith, that cornerback group is very deep. I just think this Ravens team can get to nine and seven, get in the playoffs, and then just Flacco just hmm. turns on the magic meter. I, you know, I, 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 I don't think you're that crazy one. with that one. Cause I don't think that is going to happen because my, my oh, team he's gonna do it. is the Cincinnati Bengals. I knew it. I believe that the Bengals are going to keep the Ravens out of the playoffs. Look, this it's all set up for exactly this, right? Marvin Lewis was 
almost being i think they they they'd started packing up his office in january they were they were shipping him out of there he's the the next decade of the marvin lewis era starts this year when he gets them back into the playoffs <laughs> and secures his future for another at least 7 years and it's because that offense we touched on a bit and i'm not buying all the the John Ross smoke, but I think Joe Mixon's going to be really good. I think that Andy Dalton is going to be good enough. You still got AJ Green there. I think the offense is good enough, and I think the defense gets slept on anyway. That that's a that's a that's a decent defense. I it think, is a good defense. Yeah. I think that they will. I think they're they're going to be a wild card team, or possibly even win that division. Yeah, I I do though more I, than the Ravens. I just can't. I the Ravens every year is just—it's always kind of like, oh, okay, they're, they're like they're, they are nine and seven. That's exactly what they—they—they're seven and nine or nine and seven. They and did. Oh, sorry. No, I think I just think the Bengals can go a a, a rung higher than that. I, the, the, with the Bengals, I don't disagree with you, Hank. And I think that I think that all the pieces are in place there. The one thing that concerns me, I mentioned Cordy Glenn. I mean, if that offensive line goes down, Andy yep. Dalton is toast. And Joe Mixon, I think he's averaged like 3.3 yards per carry in the preseason. I love Joe Mixon as a, as a player, and I think he's going to be special. But without a great offensive line, I think he might struggle. And they, for whatever reason, they decided, the Bengals have this yeah. really bad habit of not giving their their best running backs more carries. Like, they just don't right. like doing They do like I said what Brinson well. said just about verbatim about the offensive line. That That's their undoing. Andy is not capable of overcoming uh, even a mediocre offensive line. That being we'll said, see. he was, we'll what see. is it now? It's three years that it looked like he was on track to be the NFL MVP. Yeah. But he still hasn't made any hay when it really matters. Tyler Boyd's touchdown uh, notwithstanding against the Ravens in Week 17. All right, let's get to it now, shall we? Throw, oh, wait a second. I want to tell you something else, though. Both of you guys. I want everybody within the sound of my voice. As a what matter is this of about? I, I want to talk to you about something uh, that's uh, special to me. Indochino. It's the largest <laughs> custom apparel company featured in major publications. You ever heard of GQ? Forbes? Yes. Fast company. Every week, I get it. That's where you can find out about Indochino. They make the suits and shirts made exactly to your measurements for a great fit. Guys all love the wide range selection of high quality fabrics and the option to personalize all the details. The lapel, the jacket lining, monogram. These are the nice Monogrammed. little touches. Monogrammed. Yeah. I Let's like get an HH and a DD I want the one. jacket lining. Okay. H one HH on the that'll be my one, and then you I get figured, a DD uh, yeah, one. I figured that. I like that. That really does sing. The jacket lining mm. makes even if even if no one even get, gets to see it except uh, you know. for the man in the mirror. I feel better yeah. knowing I have what a. What would cool you get looking, in there? What would you get? What, I don't know. I like, I, I like a nice pale pink can look nice on Ooh. the inside of a, a of a black suit. I don't know. I'm gonna have to think about it. Here's how it works, though. You pick your fabric, you choose your customization, submit your measurements, place your order, and wait for it to arrive in three weeks or less. You can shop online at Indochino.com or visit any of their showrooms across North America. This week, my listeners, listen up now. This includes you, Billy Bob. You can get any premium Indochino suit for just $379 at Indochino.com when you enter the code DAVE. That's spelled D-A-V-E. Dave at checkout. That's over 50% off the regular price for a premium made-to-measure suit, plus free shipping again, Indochino.com. Promo code Dave to get any premium suit for just $379. How do you get all these deals for us, Dave? I, You know what? You work hard it's for my the way. listeners. It's my way. Right, giving you know? back. That's, you know, that's all I know. It's all I know. Hey, look who's behind the glass there. Our old pal Kent Brown, all the way from Good Pittsburgh, you, PA. I don't think he enjoyed uh, the, the predictions that we just heard there 
any more than I did there. Bungles and birdies. Yeah, I would say out of those two, I'm actually with Hank in terms of I think the Bengals would be more likely to be a playoff team than the Ravens. Browns to the left of us, birdies to the right. Here we are on right. the banks of the river. Is this you watch shopping this? I'm, yeah, I'm trying yeah. it out. Like probably not. Probably a no from me. Okay. You know what? You know what, Check What? If I, if I'm not, not to make this a pile on the Steelers type of thing, yeah. but Go ahead. One, one narrative we sort of forgot here that, that could quickly fall apart is the Ben Roethlisberger's changed his diet narrative. I, I'm a <laughs> of that narrative. I don't know that I'm buying that he's gulping down. Like, Didn't you see him run the option 40 yards downfield against the Jags last January? What else do you need to see, man? One over the next two years, one, two, or maybe three of the Hall of Fame quarterbacks from the 2004 draft class are going to have a gigantic Peyton Manning-like drop off a cliff from a physical standpoint, because they came into this league before guys started changing the way they take care of their bodies. Those guys are... All right, we're done with the game. Let's get on the team plane. Oh, is that a six-pack of Bush Light? Why, yes, I will have one of those Bush Lights. Oh, <laughs> I'm like these guys are old-school throwbacks. Like they, they don't, they don't, they're not pounding. Hey, down they made it into their late thirties, all of them. And by the way, can't you make a case? Is it absurd or is it just a little bit silly at this point to suggest that maybe the 2004 trio of QBs is getting close to being comparable to the big three of 83, Marino, Kelly, and uh, Elway. I mean, I got the same, got more Super Bowls, don't they? And I, think you could make, I think you could make a case that the 04 group is better from a statistical standpoint. The, not the raw numbers that, are not, but, any, but yeah. Yeah, not better to watch, but great. They got some rings The difference is we're never going to look back and be like, ah, Eli Manning. I mean, yeah. like he's too goofy, right? And like Ben, there's too many. We're never, we're never going to treat Philip Rivers and Eli Manning with the the lore that we give Dan Marino and, and John Elway. And, and I don't just, know. Just, I think you're lionizing the past a little bit because by about year five in Marino's career, he had one of those big uh, child birthing bums. You know, he was all <laughs> hot, had the big knee braces, and he he looked like a, a he's throwing a, strikes still. I mean, like who who cares? So, so Phil Rivers and Phil Rivers had the bolo and you have I seven with Phil the swagger well. and you have Eli taking down Titanic Tom Brady and everybody a couple of times. I think I think there's some uh, I don't know. some some nice mythology that'll that'll uh, emerge more. There's after some storylines around around some of those guys that that uh, will linger as well. Well, excuse me. All right, one now of one, of, one of those guys. Yeah, one of those. I was trying, I was trying not to be very specific, but yes, one guy oh, in particular. When Eli got benched, last yeah, when year, Eli got benched, that whole embarrassing thing for four days. That yeah, was that. Oh, and remember that when Philip Rivers had like eight kids? It's yes, the whole yeah, yeah. Past. yeah, yeah. Well, and I already mentioned the bolo. Dated time. his that childhood nobody... sweetheart and had eight children with her. Yeah, that was that was a big storyline. <laughs> He's the best. I, He's I, the best. He's my favorite. All right, now let's go to another trio. And I saw the. L- Are you going to go? Hansel? I'm going to leave because this is really your thing. And the, I, but also I have to leave. All right, that's fine. Okay, you know what? Before we get into it, I want to let everybody know this. On this pick am I allowed six, to leave now? You can go. Hansel. Thank you. Well, nice to see you, Billy Always Bob. A pleasure, Billy Hank. Bob. I'm sorry. See you soon. That's fine. It's fine. Um, Billy Bob has issued his Super Bowl pick for Super Bowl Fifty Three, and if you're not on social media, I'll let Will tell you who he thinks. Go ahead, your champion. In early February 2019, will be 
The Atlanta Falcons playing at their home stadium, the Mercedes-Benz Superdome. They will uh, they will ring home conf- their own black and red and, and probably silver a little bit confetti as they celebrate the uh, the championship. I think I think everything is going to click together for them, Dave. We're going to see them. Uh, the defense that Dan Quinn has helped yep. put together with Thomas Dimitrov all coalesce at the same time this year. Matt Ryan is due for a bounce back, maybe to be the best quarterback in his division this season. And oh. uh, they got Julio Jones in and happy and offensive line with continuity. Two great running backs. You add Calvin Ridley, Austin Hooper's a sleeper. They got, they got some action here on offense. I love everything you said. Uh, the thing you led with is the one that I feel like that everybody gets caught up with two. And why doesn't Julio score more touchdowns? fantasy people say and why you know the 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 denigrating of what Matt Ryan doesn't do and what Julio doesn't do as well as let's say Antonio Brown and some of those guys but what everybody is ignoring is Dan Quinn's defense is ripe now this is it should peak right now it is young it's fast and with Dan Quinn's scheme I think they they could be dominant on that side and the other thing that I've been saying all through the offseason is it's very weird that the Atlanta Falcons took on this MO as being a big disappointment in 2017 they won double digit ga- and, and by the way they were disappointing by the standard that they had set out in 2016 but nevertheless they win double digit games and if Julio Jones doesn't let the ball go through his hands in Philadelphia the Eagles ain't the world champs maybe the Falcons are as a matter of fact how would you like that hangover to be the worst hangover you ever had to deal with in your entire life? That's, That's a great right. hangover. Yes. I'd love to be, yeah. I'd love to be hungover <laughs> like that every time I go out. I'd, feel, I'd be up exercising in the morning. And, and the other Powerful thing, metaphor. I like that. Yeah. 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 When you look at the stats too. So like, like I get that people blasted Steve Sarkeesian for, for whatever he did, his play calling. But here's the reality. It was just the red zone issues. If they, and, and like, it's not like he has to rework his entire playbook. He just has to go in and concentrate and focus on fixing the red zone woes. They were second or third, I think in points per drive scored. Uh, they were seventh, I mean, excuse me, second or third in yards per drive, but seventh in points per drive scored eighth overall in football outsiders metrics. But then Matt Ryan fell from 61% completion in the red zone down to 46, uh, went from 21 touchdowns down to 15. If Sark, who let's admit it is at least a smart football guy, smart enough to get promoted to a head coaching job and then call plays for Nick Saban and get this gig. If he can figure out the red zone issue, this is going to be a dynamic and explosive offense. All I can say is in support of that is they are in my final three in, as I boil it down with the Packers and the Rams. There's something about the lack of historical evidence, even though in the last decade we saw the Patriots get some big-name guys via free agency, and then we saw the Broncos really do that with that uh, with that defense against the Panthers in Super Bowl 50. Uh, there isn't still, though, a ton of evidence that bringing in disparate parts from all different places is the winning formula. Although, like I say, in, this, uh, in the newfangled 21st century, there is starting to emerge some evidence. That it, that did not exist 15 years ago. That you could just go to free agency and create a championship team. I'll tell you this, Dave. If this defense of the Rams were coached by anybody else other than Wade Phillips, I would be selling them down the river. Even I mean, Aaron Donald unsigned, and Dominican Sue in the house, Marcus Peters, a keep to leave coming in. Like, like they're just going to make all those combustible parts work. Right. I'd buy. I'd buy it with Wade Phillips. Anybody else, I'd be freaking out. And, and let's be real, they don't. You know, they, they've made it clear they don't think they have an answer 
coming off the edge, which is is inherently a problem in the NFL. By the way, I think when they go with their throwback Rams uniforms, he should honor the late great Bum Phillips, his father, and wear the 10-gallon hat and the uh, cowboy boots. Wouldn't that be I- nice? I think that's a that is something that has to happen. And has Wade and Wade is just the guy to pull that look off. All right, all this prelude now. It's time for our third annual <laughs> NFC South QB rankings. Eddie Spaghetti Emma VP. Remind everybody how we figured things out. Well, in 2016, we both said Matt Ryan would be the worst quarterback in the division. Then he won the NFL MVP. Let's hear what we said last year. I, okay. I'm going to go on a limb. I'm going to say Jameis is number one. Cam. No, Breeze is number two. I love it. Matt Ryan. (laughs) Matt Ryan. I want it clean. I want it clean. So give them to us again, just for the record. So we have to play this back a year from now. James Winston one. Drew Breeze two. Cam Newton three. Matt Ryan a distance. He did it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> forget about who you had at four. You had Jameis number one there. All right, listen. So now there's room for improvement. That's all. Is there? If you did, this is like I got worse than the year before. <laughs> Jameis. All right, now played. you've hit bottom. You've hit rock bottom. Now, now go ahead with Fitzpatrick at number one if you want. <laughs> Seriously, um, I'm going to go with Matt Ryan at one. If I'm picking the Falcons to win the Super Bowl, I have to. I think I have I to go so. with Matt Ryan. At one. All right. And there's and there's easy regression here. You know, he he sees a little bump in TDs. He still threw over 4,000 passing yards last year. You can see him getting to 4,500, no problem. Um, I I do think I I'll say that uh, Breeze will be number two. Um, and I think that I, I, something about the Saints doesn't strike me as right. And I don't know what it is. I think they'll be very good. I'm a little worried that they're just assuming Alvin Kamara can repeat what he did last year because no one's ever done that ever in the history of the NFL rush for 6.1 yards or over six yards attempt, uh, and, and 10 yards per catch while having a hundred rushes and 75 attempts, not even the great Marshall Falk, who is the best example of a dual threat running back maybe ever, ever hit those numbers. So I mm. think you got regression coming for Kamara. And I wonder if Breeze won't be forced to throw a little bit more this year if their offensive line isn't completely healthy or the running game doesn't work. Um, I'll go Breeze, too. I'm tempted to go Cam Newton, too. I think he has a good year, but that offensive line scares me. And then I think, obviously, Jameis Winston being suspended early, uh, an easy choice for last year. Um, Yeah, I'll go in reverse order here. I'm going to go... Jameis four and no jive. I I wanted to hear what you had to say before I put uh, pen to paper here. I, um, boy. Yeah. And by the way, Drew Brees is in the same position as Brady. The idea that because we've watched them put up huge numbers for the last decade and a half is no guarantee that this continues as they're now old men. They're officially old men now, you know, one shot to these guys. That's where they break apart the quarterbacks is that they physically give out because they're getting beaten up and their bodies are no longer sturdy enough. I talk about them like they're 78 year old men, but in the NFL, that's practically, I guess what they are. I will go. And when, then, then again, you said Brady got in on the workout regimen that uh, the ought four group didn't though. Right. Is that what you're claiming? I think Brady's the, Brady's at the forefront. He's the unicorn who jumped in I on see. this. Okay. And, and those guys were just, they're like, <laughs> you see this weirdo? Like, like doing, doing, doing yoga and abs, ab workouts. Like, what are you doing? Have you ever hung up the phone on anybody? Uh, yeah. You I have? Was, yeah, yeah, I have. It's it's pretty. Um, I don't like this conversation. Well, wait, one more question about it. Goodbye, click. Not even the goodbye, yeah. just hanging up. You done? You've done that? Oh yeah, oh yeah. There's oh, a. Um, 
there's a certain le- like it's it's a it's a bad it's like a bad thing to do. It's like one of the worst things you can do because you can't take it back. And nowadays you can sort of like play it off on drop service. But there's a certain amount of satisfaction in just looking at that phone and hitting bang, <laughs> ending the conversation. I contend that it, you'd be better off slamming it down. See, that's what we miss with the old school phones is being able to slam them down. That's more exciting. You knew you, knew you were getting hung up on this because you'd hear the, the <laughs> rattle as you as you hit the edge. I'll go Jameis for I it pains me to say this because I have been up there in, in the last month and uh, people have been calling me crazy and uh, Colin Cowherd was oh, not even close uh, in response to me saying Cam Newton is going to the Hall of Fame and is underappreciated oh, here in in oh is that right you say of course he is Really, the all-time leading quarterback in rushing touchdowns already. He's like in his sixth year. He's he's Cam has drifted into underrated territory. That's that's my point. That's exactly right. And he's also just for various reasons because of where he went to school and other uh, geographical and and, and demographic related uh, issues. He's a bit of a lightning rod for for lots of people, and oftentimes is held up as pundits. Pundits like to point to him and be like, Ah, Cam. This guy doesn't, you know, this guy doesn't get it. Doesn't, yeah, get a letter written from the Tennessee Titans mom to the the paper about how Cam is dancing in the end zone. I mean, come on, like let's. It, I get, if, I get what you're uh, insinuating, but Cowherd's retort, which warped my argument immediately to uh, to marginalize what I was saying, um, was, well, Cam Newton. He's never, he hasn't even had consecutive winning seasons. Well, you know who else hasn't since Cam's been in the league? Drew Brees has not had consecutive winning seasons either. Yes, Cam Newton doesn't do some of the things that Drew Brees and Tom Brady do best, but you know, those two guys don't do what Cam does best. And, and if you haven't noticed cam newton had the the 15 and one season with philly brown imagine that if andrew luck has that season the the songs that would be written about andrew luck cam newton did that with ted ginn jr and and philly brown 15 and one all right so he didn't fall on a fumble in the super bowl that still was a dynamite year also had the greatest rookie season for a quarterback in history with the possible exception rg3 how many how many mvps does drew Brees have dave i don't know how many is that true zero Huh. Yeah, he shouldn't have zero, but Cam has one, and Drew Brees has zero. I didn't know that. That's a fun line. But all that being said, Cam is my number three because count me as skeptical of the Norv-Cam marriage. I think Mike Shula didn't get enough credit for cutting one loose and letting him do what he does best. Um, so I'm going to, until I see otherwise, Cam behind, like you say, a questionable offensive line. Then I'll go Brees, and he finally did it. It took years, two years for him to turn it all around. He has reached the top of the NFC South Mountain. Congratulations <laughs> to your number one. And by the way, I'll tag it by saying, I think uh, this revelation uh, we celebrated last year, you cannot in the era of four team divisions, you'll never get a combined Jersey total lower than the four starting quarterbacks. Matt Ryan's two, Drew Brees is nine, Cam's one, and Jameis's three adds up to a whopping 15. You can't do better than that. Or can't, no, go, can't. Lower. can't go lower than that. That's the kind of stuff. Fine, you and uh, and Costos and uh, and uh, uh, Prisco and Luck and Four, all those guys, smart football guys. But you don't get that kind of detail. You don't get that insight, man. Come on. Nah, we got surface. We got surface level clowns on our on our Pick Six podcast. This is the deep stuff Thank as you. it relates to life, Dave. Thank you. Hey, real quick, uh, give us your final four in college football while we have you. Oh, uh, hold on. I wrote it down. Let me see if I. 
I am going to go with Clemson and Alabama are locks. The over under for their win totals are both 11. Um, Clemson, if you look at their schedule, they don't, they didn't draw Miami or Virginia tech uh, out of the coastal. They're, they're going to win 11 or 12 games. They might slip up and lose one, um, but they, they're going to, they're going to win that. They're going to win the ACC. They're in uh, Bama is just Bama. Nick Saban gets there every year. So it's, you're basically who, who are your two people that who are your two teams competing with Bama and Clemson this year. I'm going to go Wisconsin and Washington. I think you it's did it. Washington's my team. Washington's oh. the one this year. That's the one. They go to the final four for me. Poor, yeah. And by the way, I was thinking it's too soon for Georgia. If you're a fan of Georgia, it's too soon for the season to start. I wouldn't be ready yet still. I don't. I, and by the way, even if they won the national title this year, it still wouldn't be enough for me. After that, you, know, you lose to Bama in the fashion they did. That's the worst. What, what would you rather lose on a walk-off overtime loss like that? Or, and I realize that it's the, it ended the same way because how pro football overtime works, or would you rather lose in like 28, three fashion where yeah. you had to, oh, that you had to kind watch of thing. it unfold in the whole like bad, bad, bad run for Georgia fans, bad run for Georgia football fans. Yeah. That, yeah. That, uh, that's a hundred percent. Right. I don't, I, I don't know that. You know, for all the belly aching of Browns and Jets and, you know, formerly Cubs and Red Sox. And I'm trying to think who had the Capitals finally get over in the NHL. I guess Sharks fans have uh, have some right to, to be sad for themselves. But I don't know. Is there a worse team to root for than the Georgia Bulldogs in terms of the pain that you've suffered in the last 20 years or so in, in the six major sports? I mean, I can't think of one. That really is the worst. <laughs> NC State. What are you talking about? They're the same as Pitt. <laughs> like, uh, yeah. You didn't have high hopes to begin with, so you can't be can't be that crushed, right? Uh, uh, look, I'm gonna tell you. I mean, like Georgia sports fans in particular. You know, they had the '95 Braves World Series, but yeah, you were, right. You had, you had an all-time like setup in terms of a baseball team, and you won one World Series. Your football team keeps getting punched in the stomach. The Falcons have horrific losses in the playoffs and in the two losses in the Super Bowl recently. So they have no title since 95 in, the, in that city. And the Hawks are just the, the walking basketball definition of mediocre. I mean, they, uh, not, yeah. not a good time. Of, of irrelevant. And uh, yeah, and then you and of course you got dumped not once but twice by the NHL. The Flames and Thrashers uh, ran off to to greener pastures or whiter pastures, I guess. The Cleveland Indians, uh, Eddie Spaghetti says, That's yeah, a, they haven't won since what the, like the forties, and then the twenty. I think they won in the twenties and the forties. Fifty four, didn't they win? Maybe I think that's they right. Fifty four. Okay. They got Maybe. LeBron though. They had LeBron. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I don't. I, that, yeah, that. Well, we do the uh, we do the Sonic Award every year. The city, the sports town that suffers the Buff, most. Buffalo in the calendar year. Buffalo only has those two, and yeah, boy. The, by the way, go over that Bill schedule. Fine for me. Five wins out there. Good luck. They they'll be fortunate to go four and twelve this year, in my opinion. Um, all right, Will Brinson, let's let you go here. You've uh, you've done yeoman's work once again. Billy Bob, uh, we love your work on Pick 6, CBS. Make sure you're tracking them down. And by the way, one of the great follows, not just for sports tips, but if you are a sports fan, you certainly want to be following Will Brinson. Is it at Will Brinson? It is, and I released. Uh, I might release my Cheez-It power rankings later this week in terms of flavors. Cheez-Its? Uh, Got to tell you, Pepper Jack is flying up there. If you haven't had the Pepper Jack Cheez-Its, check it out. That's not an advertisement. I just love Cheez-Its. Okay, I didn't know that they went that that the roster went that deep. I've been working on my uh, kettle chip rankings lately. Mm. Um, and did you happen to catch the meat rankings uh, on uh, around the NFL? Did you did you think I got it right with the uh, swine at number one? 
Yeah, I mean, it's a little tricky once you go fish as a whole. I know. I said it. I know it. But I mean, if I, if it, I would take fish because I think the variation there that you can use and, and, and you're going to be healthier and all that. But yeah, I mean, I think swine is the uh, swine is the play because you can add bacon on everything. You get yep. pork chops, a nice, delicious dinner. Uh, of course, you can you can always uh, have your southern grandmother make you some chitlins. You know, yeah, should we'll you see. be? I, I appreciate that support. That's uh, meaningful stuff there from the great Billy Bob Brinson. Like I say, track him <laughs> down. Uh, by his professional name, Will Brinson, on Twitter. And make sure you're checking out all of his great work as NFL kickoff fast approaches. Thanks, fella. We'll talk to you soon, I hope. Always a pleasure, Shaq. There he goes. Billy Bob. Spaghetti, you got your friend Kent Brown back there, too? I'd like to hear his final four quickly. How are you, Kent Brown? I'm doing well. I actually have the exact same Final Four. No way, as Will really? Brinson. Everybody's singing wow. songs about the Badgers. Clemson, right now. Alabama, Wisconsin, and then Washington. Main reason with Wisconsin, easier side. They're in the West, and now with all this Ohio State stuff, I kind of think it's going to be a Penn State, Wisconsin, Big Ten championship game. And then Washington, if they beat Auburn this week, they can they can lose one in the Pac-12 and still make it. So I have the exact same four he does. What do you make of uh, of Michigan this year? Really tough schedule, and I think that their offensive line's not that good. I would say probably eight or nine wins. But, I'm I- with, but exactly, I'm with you 100. percent The idea that Jim Harbaugh is a is is now a lifetime head coach up in Ann Arbor, I do not buy. In fact. I think we see him land somewhere in the NFL in 2019 if they if you're right because I'm with you. I think nine I, I think eight and four ish is about where they're going to come down nine and three ish. And if that's the case, what what's I mean? Th- he should be peaking right now. He's been he's been there long enough now. Urban Meyer and so on uh, had quicker turnarounds. Now there's no more excuses for Harbaugh to be losing three games in conference anymore. He's one and five against Michigan State and Ohio State combined. And the one game he won, that was a three and nine Michigan State team. Wisconsin's very good. Iowa's good. Nebraska with Scott Frost is going to get better. I think the Big Ten is going to become a much stronger conference. And if he doesn't beat Urban Meyer or James Franklin anytime soon, and he keeps losing to Mark D'Antonio. That's right. Yeah, I don't know necessarily where his ceiling is, as long as he wants to be there. He'll stay there because Michigan knows they probably can't get anyone better. But if he loses to Brian Kelly on Saturday, that's now one and six against your two, your three big rivals. And you still have Penn State and all the rest of those teams. It's not going to be a good situation for him. Hmm. Maybe he could just trade with his brother, John. You know, I could see I, that, that would make some sense, as a matter of fact. By the way, something else that makes some sense that will never happen in a million years. But lately, all the buzz in uh, Oakland. Wow. Khalil Mack really might not end up playing for the Raiders again. They might have to deal him or otherwise. And on the banks of the three rivers now, people are talking about Levy and Bell. And is there uh, is there some way to, for the Steelers? Are they actually considering extracting themselves from the 26 business before the season? Neither one makes any real sense. Certainly not the Steelers and Levy and Bell. But what about that? Levy and Bell for Khalil Mack. Who says no? As uh, the sports guy Bill Simmons likes to say, I could not imagine the Steelers at this point would pass up on. But that. what about that? What what would happen? What would happen if they go if they suddenly replace twenty six and they say, well, well, we think we can make a go of it with James Conner and Stephen Ridley, Jalen Samuels behind a very good offensive line and an electric passing game. We can make a go with this, and we now added Khalil Mack to a defense that would suddenly look pretty good. By the way, the Steelers' issue is going to be we were talking beforehand. Javon Hargrave is suddenly 
a, a monstrous piece to the AFC puzzle. If he, a, as a person, can lead the way to them stopping the run a little bit, I think the Steelers have a legit chance, obviously, of going to the Super Bowl. If they don't, though, as good as the secondary could be and as improved as it will be and the offense could put up uh, pinball game numbers, if you can just run on them uh, all day like the Jags did in the divisional round, I don't know... Um, that people should be getting overly optimistic about where number seven and company are going. Right. You have to it and then you throw and you have Hayward. They're both great. Yeah. But if Hargrave's not better and the linebackers, frankly, not that good, certainly subpar in comparison to the rest of the league. I think the defense is going to be pretty mediocre. Well, they better not get any injuries on that defensive front, right. the Steelers. They, thinking, they they do not have the depth that uh, that most of the high end teams do. I'm though. thinking eleven and five, and probably ten and six will still win the division. But watching that defense without Ryan Shazier last year, and knowing that what they have this year, that's going to be a defense that when they play Jacksonville or New England or let's say Kansas City or a team like that in the playoffs, they're going to have to score thirty plus to probably win that game. Yeah, I do. I, it's an interesting idea. We'll see how it plays out. If you can maul the Steelers when they're going with uh, seven DBs back there, when they start throwing Terrell Edmonds and uh, and uh, uh, Morgan Burnett and those guys in the place of where you would have linebackers, it'll be interesting to see if that works. It's a it's an interesting short term play. I just think that other smart teams will counter that and beat them up for doing it. But anyway, before Kent goes, what a pleasure to see you, Kent Brown, one of Pittsburgh's Always. own. My favorite. Thing. No offense to you as a man, Kent, but uh, my favorite thing about you is your mom and the voicemail she leaves you. She is Pittsburgh through and through. People ask, what is the Pittsburgh accent? Well, Kent Brown's mom depicts it better than I could ever do it. Let's hear a voicemail from Kent Brown's mom. She does randomly just leave him voice messages. Her passion is television and movies, and she likes to review them for her son. Let's hear some now. Hey. Yes, still a half hour for the show, but she picked the guy that I like. Oh, Bachelor. She picked Garrett and not Blake. And then yeah, Blake took it so hard, he was crying and crying and crying. <laughs> but now they're back on the show. And then I think she's going to be on Kimmel tonight, so I might watch Kimmel. But finally, somebody picked the person that I wanted her to pick or him. But anyway, yeah, this is the guy I liked. Okay. <laughs> Bye-bye. <laughs> Always punctuated with, uh, okay, all right, Kent, Brian. It's your mom. Oh, yeah. All right, one more. Would we have another one here? What's this one about? I think that's it. I think that's the only current new one. There was another great one, too. But all right, we'll find that one for you. But uh, Kent Brown, uh, glad to see you and glad to see everything going well for you. Um, enjoy the start of football. Go see. You're going to go see um, Louisville and uh, Bama. In Dallas? No, no, I'll be watching football. I'm just trying to make a decision if I should go to Miami against LSU on Sunday. Oh, yeah. That's in Dallas. Do that one. Oh, yeah. that's in Dallas. And that's all by itself, primetime Sunday. Then so go do it. What do you have to do? That's a good point. Well, I probably should go should. to that. All right. Eddie Spaghetti, it's a pleasure to see you. Emma VP, As once always. again. The Broadcast Podcast, make sure you download it, you subscribe to it, you review it, and you rate it, and then you go and you tell your friends that they have to download it. And then when they're like, done and done, you say, whoa, whoa, whoa. Also, Dave's of Thunder. And also, what's your podcast's name, Kent Brown? We're not going to get in before the song's over here, but that's fine. We'll just play it again. Gridiron wake-up call is my NFL one and the college football experience for the college football. Okay, so you do that. So, okay, so it's going to be broadcast, Daves of Thunder, 
pick six you're going to track down and you're going to watch it each and every day. And then if you have time, no, then you make time. That's it. Or Kent Brown's mom's going to call you. Exactly. And you don't want to get a four-minute voicemail from her on that. How come you ain't listening to Kent's uh, podcast, Dave? It's got all sorts of stuff in there about college football, about pro football. You're a Steelers fan? Then why ain't you listening to that? He talk all about Big Ben. You notice she never... You seen Roethlisberger throw that ball still against the, against the Brownies in week one? Dude, they was all a mild. This Miles Garrett dude's trying to sack him. Roethlisberger's like, nah, dude, and he shoves him down, and then he and then he he just won a touchdown to AB. Done and done. Okay. Bye bye. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.